This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Well, John Feinstein is a columnist for the Washington Post. His latest book is The Backroads to March. It's a pleasure to welcome John Feinstein back to the Augusta Golf Show. Hi, John. John, how are you? I think I'm okay. I, it's an hour. We hope we're okay, right? Hour by hour. That's the best I can do, John. Yep, that's all we can do right now. Tell me about the book. Well, I'll try to give you a Reader's Digest version. As you know, I've covered college basketball since I was in college 100 years ago and uh, grew up in New York City as a huge college basketball fan, going to see NYU and Manhattan and Columbia and Army and St. John's play. Back then, St. John's wasn't as big a deal as it became when it went in the Big East. And, and loved it, loved the intimacy of it, and loved the intimacy of covering college basketball when I first got to the Washington Post, because in those days, you could walk into anybody's practice. Nowadays, if you want to go watch a big-time team practice, you need a court order just about. Uh, you could walk into the locker room before and after, talk to guys, get to know them, same with the coaches. And I loved it. I mean, I loved the games, but I also loved covering the, the people. And uh, Backroads to March is, is me going back to those times because at the mid-major level, you can still do all those things. You can still get to know kids. And I've always believed, as you know, John, um, that you don't have to be rich and famous to have a story to tell. You don't have to be uh, Mike Krzyzewski or Zion Williamson or Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy. Uh, I learned that as a police reporter at the Post. I've written books about PGA Tour qualifying school, about the Army-Navy football game, about Patriot League basketball. None of the people in those books were stars. Uh, And in this book, again, there were many, many really good stories. I went back and saw some old coaches who I'd known through the years. Jim Calhoun is now coaching a Division Three team team in a 500-seat gym, and I went and spent some time with him. I went and spent time with Lefty Drizel uh, and the great Jim Phelan, who should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago, coached at Mount St. Mary's for 49 years and won 830 games, uh, and then went and saw a lot of kids, uh, got to know a lot of, of players. I think uh, one of my favorites was a kid named Jordan Fox, who grew up in a tiny town in Kentucky and was planning to enlist in the Army. When he got out of high school, nobody from his his town went to college. And Jimmy Allen, the Army basketball coach, saw him playing in a summer camp and asked him what his plans were. And when Jordan told him, he said, well, I got a better idea. You want to serve? That's great. Why don't you come play basketball at West Point for four years, get a college degree, and go into the Army as an officer? And Jordan thought that was a good idea, ended up as Army's second leading scorer, graduated with a 3.76 GPA. And it was funny because I went with Army when they went to play at Duke because that's such a big deal for kids from a school like that to play in Cameron. And the next time I saw Jordan later in the season, um, the the picture on his phone uh, was of Mike Krzyzewski hugging him after the game. And Jordan said to me, here I am, a kid from Kentucky. I grew up hating Duke, and this is the picture I have on my screen on my phone right now. So uh, stories like that uh, proliferate throughout the book. Um, you and I agree. I've, I've known you for a while. You and I agree on a lot of things. Where I really agree with you on the premise of this book is growing up in Virginia and, and working in North Carolina, uh, the three days 
the three days of that ACC basketball tournament in Greensboro were just the best three days in the world. And now, John, it just feels like a five-day money grab. Yep, that's, which is exactly what it is. That's a perfect description. And it, it, it's more a money grab in the sense that the reason the ACC now has 47 teams, or however many it has, <laughs> uh, is because John Swafford wanted to make it a football league. Now, he's pretty much failed miserably. I mean, the ACC, back in the 90s, I used to describe the ACC in football as being Florida State, the Seven Dwarfs, and Duke, which aspired to be a dwarf. <laughs> now, it's basically Clemson and 14 Dwarfs, because nobody in the ACC is any good other than Clemson. Clemson's great. Um, Florida State's not any good anymore. Duke has reached dwarfdom under David Cutcliffe. I'll give him that. But uh, when I, again, when I was in college, when I went to Duke, and then when I was first at the Post, you're right. Those three days in Greensboro, when it was a seven-team league and then an eight-team league, were just great. You know what? The first day I ever pulled into the ACC tournament as a college sophomore, I paid 50 cents to park in in the parking lot of the Greensboro Coliseum. Try to imagine that for a second. Forget the ticket prices. I paid 50 cents to park. And uh, there were no bad seats in the old Coliseum before they expanded it, which, of course, everybody does. Uh, and every game was intense because I, my, my first year uh, going to that tournament when I, when I was a freshman, when I actually went with a friend, um, was the last year that only one team from a conference could go to the mm-hmm. tournament. And the NC State-Maryland game in that championship game, 103-100, State won it in overtime before going on to win the national title, was at that point considered the greatest basketball game ever played. I think Duke-Kentucky eventually usurped it, but State and Maryland is right up there on the list. We're talking with uh, John Feinstein here on the Augusta Golf Show. Speaking of Duke-Kentucky, have you seen the the videos this week? I guess CBS re-showed the 92 game last weekend. About 12 times. And, and, and a whole new, a whole new generation of Kentucky fans are crushed. Have you, have you seen the <laughs> video? Christian Leitner. Yeah. Have you seen that? I mean, the dad, the dad knows exactly what's going to happen. So he's got his 12 and 13 year olds on the, on the sofa watching the game and he videotapes Leitner hitting the shot. And it's, you're watching a whole new generation just get crushed by it. It's, it's interesting, you know, uh, and I, I have a lot of friends from Kentucky. I also have a lot of people from Kentucky who hate me mm-hmm. uh, because sure. I went to Duke. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Kentucky fans have never gotten over that game. Now, they went on in 98 when Tubby Smith was the coach, and Tubby Smith appears in the back roads to March because he's now the coach at High Point, his alma mater. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, uh, that team came from 17 down in the regional final to beat Duke and go on to win the national championship. And uh, Kentucky has obviously had some great moments uh, since then, but it seems like that's the one game they focus on. They're not thinking about the title in 98, John Calipari's title in 2012. It's all about Christian Leitner, and I don't quite get the obsession. (laughs) Um, they tell me this is a golf show. So, uh, so. Oh yeah, it is right. How do you, how do you see this playing out, John? What are we going to do? Are we going to? How we? If we let's hypothetically say we get back to six months of playing golf, five months of playing golf. What kind of golf do we play? Do we play any majors? Oh yeah, I think the emphasis if we if we get back to playing and again, of course, we're speculating because we have no idea when this sure. is going to be over. In spite of the president claiming that Easter is the day of resurrection and we're all going to be fine then. Um, we have no idea, but if let's say we get back in July or even August, 
Uh, I think the Masters will be played in October. Uh, I think the USGA will try to get in the U.S. Open. And I, and I think there's a chance, again, depending on when, that the RNA will, will try to play the Open Championship. I think the PGA is probably in the most jeopardy. Uh, you know the tour is going to want the playoffs because they, they would tell you the playoffs are more important than the majors, the same way they try to claim that the players is a major, which it's not. Uh, and the, the, other, the big question mark to me would be the Ryder Cup. Do they, do they play the Ryder Cup late September, uh, you know, when they're trying to play majors around that period in the fall? You know, you could have a U.S. Open in September, a, a Masters in October, who knows? Do they try to play it, or do they do what they did after mm-hmm. 9-11 and just push everything back a year? I think that's 50-50. See, I, okay, I, I think... I think you're. I think they move the Ryder Cup. I do think they take it back to next year, like they did at nine eleven. And John, I don't think we play a Masters. I just well, you would know. You see, in this particular situation, I should be the reporter and you should be the interviewee. Yes, because you're down there and you know more and you know people at Augusta in ways that I don't. So it, it, you might. It you, has you probably it, have more information on that than I do. More to do, John, to me with the infrastructure of putting that thing on right um, which is huge huge and and yeah. and a lot of the people on which they lean have their own problems you know i don't think the spanish golf authority is going to make it this year um <laughs> I, I just you could have the masters without the spanish golf well, that's probably true yeah uh but i just i just think the infrastructure is so enormous like you know like turning the the ocean liner into the ocean around in the ocean i I, and then as it gets later in the year, I think they look at themselves and say, we're five months away from the next one. Let's just do the right. next one. Right. Well, the other thing that's significant, I, I think, is this. The other majors that we're talking about absolutely need the TV money mm-hmm. that comes with playing the event. The USGA needs the TV money, the PGA of America, even the RNA. Augusta doesn't need the money. You know, they they went how many years without any TV advertising? Sure. A couple of years, two, three uh, in years. In the wake yeah. of the Martha Burke thing, mm-hmm. uh, if they shut it down for a year, financially, it, it's it's like if somebody says to me, you know, John, you, you've got to buy a, 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 your your children a, a double Big Mac instead of a Big Mac. Right. Well, the other thing is they don't dole out fifteen million dollars in a purse, and I don't think and I don't think they would put a Masters on three quarters. You know, three quarters of the. No, guy- if you're going to do it, you got to do it yeah. right. And and for example, one of the issues that would come up is is how to get it on TV because yep. CBS, of course, has the NFL in the fall. And one suggestion I saw was, well, they could have a Saturday finish, and CBS's college football game could be at night. Augusta's not going to go for a Saturday finish. Nope. That's not what they do. No. They're, the, they're the masters. They, they finish on Sunday, uh, unless weather forces them to finish on Monday, of course. And, and so I, I think, again, I think you have more insight into this than I do, but I, I wouldn't be stunned if any or all of the majors, including the Ryder Cup, which to me, as you know, is a major, uh, uh, don't, don't happen this year. Yeah. Um, and remember, the tour has to keep as many of its sponsors happy as oh, it absolutely. possibly can. Absolutely. And, and none of those majors, as you alluded to earlier, none of those majors are the PGA Tour. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's, and, and at some point, you know, it, if, if and when we get to the end of this thing, God help us all, um, everybody in, in golf has to get in the same room and say, okay, here's the plan. Here's the, the tour, Augusta. 
USGA, RNA, PGA of America. They all have to get in a room and they have to make a plan so they're not all running off in different directions, which, as we know, happens in golf quite frequently. The uh, He is John Feinstein, a perfect read as you're settling in at home for a few more weeks. Uh, the back roads to March, since we don't get March Madness. Um, John, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you. John, always glad to do it. Always good to talk to you. Uh, stay safe, as we, we all now say.